0: The only all Laker podcast by Lakerland. The only podcast by Hey everyone, welcome back! Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast. We got some uh, some cool things going on. That, that needs some some talking about as of right now we uh training camp is just over a week old um the preseason has started we are uh well in the thick of things uh going on with the season things are ramping up um dwight howard has been participating in practices uh he was just cleared i think uh yesterday or today to actually participate in Full Contact 5-on-5, which is the last thing that he was being held out of. So I think now it's just a a case of him just getting into game shape, getting his conditioning up there before he can start playing in some preseason games. I mean, originally they were saying, um, before training camp started, they were saying that they wanted, they thought that he might be ready for the, the opening of the season and maybe possibly... To play in a couple of preseason games uh, prior to that, and I, it's looking now like he might even get in there even earlier than that. I mean, I, I don't, I still, I don't think we need to rush anything. Um, the last two preseason games is fine with me. I say don't, don't rush it. Let's make sure everything is all good, one hundred percent. I mean, the last thing that we want is him to go out there and then get injured again because he came back too early. So, but. From everything that I'm hearing and reading, I think that they're playing it safe and they're being very cautious. Um I know Gary Vitti and his staff do an excellent job over there and they're fully aware um of the situation and they're doing the best uh the best that we can do that can be done for for old Dwight. So I think uh I think it's going well. First preseason game went went uh really well considering if it were just talking about the first half. Uh, Dwight wasn't playing, obviously, but the other starters looked great. That was our first chance to see Kobe and Steve Nash play together for the first time. That was uh, that was exciting. I mean, granted, they played the game after only six days of training camp, so you know everybody was still feeling each other out and 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 that kind of thing. But it was still great to see them on the floor together, see them starting, just starting the beginning of getting a feel for each other and they're on on the court tendencies um i mean they've been playing against each other for so long in the same conference that i mean they're much more familiar with each other than we probably um uh, want to think so i i don't think the kobe and nash meshing is going to be any kind of an issue at all i mean the whole concept or thought process of uh how how's kobe going to deal with not Handling the ball or not controlling the offense is is a non-issue completely. Nash is going to run the show. Nash is going to bring the ball up. He's going to facilitate, and um, and that's what it is. You know, I mean, Kobe had a great a great quote after that first game when asked about you know playing together and relinquishing the ball handling capabilities and all that stuff, and he said, I mean, there's there's no issues. Like Nash likes to pass and I like to shoot. <laughs> there's no problem at all. So, and that's uh that's pretty much what it is. So, I think that's going to be that's going to be great. Uh MWP is in great shape. He looks fantastic. Um he he came into camp ready to go at, at his ideal playing weight. He's been working hard off the off-season. He's he's light on his feet. He's looking looking really good. Uh Powell came out really aggressive in that first preseason game um really really liked how he came out and started asserting himself uh that was that was wonderful to see uh everything looked all good and and then we got to the second half and coach brown benched all the starters for the entire second half and played everybody else and uh it was pretty ugly <laughs> it was pretty atrocious um i mean at one point <laughs> we got a 35 to 0 run taken on us. So it was, uh, it was pretty ugly. And I know he, Mike Brown said before the game, everybody was going to play. He wanted to see everybody out there to give everybody a chance to see who's going to, how people are going to do, how guys are going to react, how the guys are going to play together. And he's trying to figure out what his bench rotation is going to be and all that kind of stuff. So, and it kind of looked like that. It looked like nobody really knew what they were supposed to be doing. Um, It was, uh, it was bad. There was hardly any defense being played and guys were were trying so hard to make a statement and and show what they can do that they were trying too hard you know they weren't relaxed they weren't in any kind of offensive or defensive flow and uh and it was just ugly so the the second preseason game which uh the first one was in Fresno the second one was in Ontario uh I was actually at that game um that was uh, that was nice the starters played more minutes played beginning of the first uh beginning of the second and uh, beginning of the third so that was nice kobe was not playing uh because of a strained shoulder he kind of strained his shoulder when he was dunking on antoine jameson in practice uh showing showing everybody he still got got it and then he hurt his shoulder <laughs> but it's not it's not really it's not really hurt it was just kind of aggravated a little bit and kobe wanted to play coach brown benched him and said no you're not playing so if it was up to Kobe he would have been playing obviously if it was a regular season game he would be playing Kobe has played through far far worse injuries than that Uh, so I don't think that's that's a big deal at all and again I say hey don't rush anything if you want to take a couple games that's that's all fine and good it was it was interesting however at at the game uh, when the team came out for the beginning of the game Kobe and Dwight, who were both not playing, uh, were did not come out on the bench, and uh, they weren't out there. And then about maybe, I don't know, three or four minutes into the first quarter, they came out of the locker room um, and went and sat down with the rest of the team. Um, it was during a play, and as, as soon as they came out of the locker room, I mean, the entire arena just erupted with this... Deafening cacophony of applause as Kobe and Dwight walked out. Now the game is going on at this point. Poor Steve Blake is bringing the ball up the court, trying to set up a play, and nobody cares. Nobody was watching the game at all, except hopefully the guys on the court. But I'm sure they were wondering what the heck is going on. What? Are, why is why are the why is the crowd freaking out? So that was that was kind of funny. But again, it shows the support of the laker nation towards towards kobe and dwight so that was uh that was cool to see and it was nice again seeing steve nash really uh starting to get comfortable and running things he had a fabulous no look pass to mwp who went in for the layup it was it was beautiful he had a really great under under the basket right under the basket almost a layup when he was right underneath the basket that, that went in it was beautiful I have a uh I have a video of it uh up on my on my Facebook page. Go to Ask Laker Lance at, at Facebook and you can see the video there of Steve making making that kind of circus shot. It's uh it's pretty sweet. So uh the bench players who played in the in the second preseason game didn't really play that much better than they did in the first one. I mean Jody Meeks got the start in the second game, that was nice, so he got some more minutes and he did some good things. He I don't think he's comfortable yet. His shots his shots aren't really falling uh kind of like we would like them to um again i think he might be suffering from the same the same thing as most of the bench guys where he's trying to do too much instead of relaxing into the offense and letting it work for him i think things are going to are going to improve a lot once guys start to do that and that's going to come also with knowing their roles and and being more familiar with the offensive scheme because right now they're still learning you know they're still learning it and it's not going to happen overnight and it's it's probably not even going to be uh all good to go when the season starts you know they're going to have to spend some time in the beginning of the season still figuring things out you know running running the offense especially the offense because they're running a completely new system uh now that they did before kind of a hybrid of the of the Princeton offense it's not really the Princeton offense but it's Close to the Princeton offense, offense, maybe like the Columbia offense. I don't know. Just <laughs> use another Ivy League school. Um, but yeah, but things are things are going well. I'm I'm not worried at all about the bench. There's a lot of fans that are kind of ad- adopting the sky is falling mentality because the bench looks so anemic at this point. Um, and we're that was one of the things we were supposed to have fixed, and, and why isn't Mitch Kupchak doing anything about it, and blah, 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 blah. And I, I think Mitch did a fabulous job on the offseason of addressing that very thing. We have much better players this year coming off the bench, and I think m- once they have established roles, and once they are comfortable in the scheme, I think they are going to perform much better. Um, so, I'm I'm not as worried about that, even though, yes, they they have played pretty badly in the first two games, but again, you know, it's it's preseason. They're still figuring stuff out, so uh, I'm going to give it, give it some time. We'll see, hopefully by the last couple preseason games, we should see some sort of improvement from the bench play. and if we if we don't, then I think that's when we need to start to worry. Right now, not the time to worry about that. You know, I think it's going to be. It's gonna be, it's gonna be all good. Um, I mentioned before that Dwight is on on track to come back even before the preseason is over, which is a a great thing. It's slightly uh, ironic slash prophetic that Andrew Bynum, who's now a member of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, <laughs> um, is out for three weeks. So, it looks like Dwight is going to be playing before Andrew is this year. So. There you go. Uh, I, I would never wish anything bad to any other team, especially Philadelphia. It's a great team with a great history, and they have a great coach over there. Uh, Doug Collins has done a fa- fabulous job with them the past couple years, and I obviously just wish him all the success in the world, and I, I hope Andrew does work out for them. But, man, I'm I'm glad we don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> I'm telling you. So couldn't couldn't be happier with how things are going right now super super excited for the season hopefully everybody else is too um i think it's going to be it's going to be loads of fun it's going to be loads of fun to see loads of fun to watch if you have time warner cable yeah so that's the big issue right now i think that's that's way more of an issue for laker fans or at least it should be way more of an issue for laker fans then the performance of the bench on the team is how are we going to watch the stupid games if you're not a subscriber of Time Warner Cable? Uh, because as of right now, only Time Warner Cable is playing the games on their brand new uh, channel that they have, uh, that they have just launched on October 1st. And it's, it's slightly again, ironic that, the reason we were able to make all these moves and and spend all this money and still be so far over the cap that we are gonna be spending upwards of sixty million dollars over the- to the to in 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 fees against the salary cap but the only reason we're able to do that is because the Lakers got this thirty million dollar t v deal so we we're all happy about it when we're signing you know Dwight and Steve Nash and and all these guys, uh, but now the reality is kicking in that okay, so Time Warner Cable paid thirty million dollars for the rights to exclusively broadcast the Laker games for the next ten years. Um, now, if you don't have Time Warner Cable, you can't watch the games. Um, as a current Directv subscriber, I when I found out about this, you know, months ago, I, I never entered my mind that. DirecTV and the other satellite companies would not pick up this channel. I mean, you have to. Why you would have to. But here we are, uh, two weeks into after the opening, the launch of the channel, and nobody has picked it up. And partly because Time Warner is demanding almost five dollars per household to any um, other company who wants to pick up the channel. Which makes it besides ESPN the most expensive non pay cable channel. I mean the, the average that companies, uh satellite and cable companies have to pay to broadcast channels is maybe like a dollar twenty five, dollar thirty. That's for stations like TNT, TBS, things like that. ESPN uh remains the most expensive at I think it's four ninety six or somewhere in that area per customer. Um, but this is uh, right right up there with that, just, just below the fee that they're charging for that channel. So as of right now, everybody's playing hardball. Nobody's picked it up. Everybody's saying, well, if you're going to charge that much, we're not going to pick it up. And obviously, Time Warner Cable needs other companies to pick it up because, like I said, they just paid 30 million bucks for these rights, assuming that everybody else would uh, would pick it up and have to pay. Uh, right now, nobody's paying, so we're kind of in a game of chicken between Tom Warner, Campbell, and everybody else. Um, are they going to pick it up? Or are they going to going to wait it out and see if they drop their price? And meanwhile, Laker fans are in the middle of it, uh, getting screwed by not being able to watch the games. So, that sucks. I'm glad we were able to have the money buffer so that we can get the players that we want, have the team that we want, but uh double the other side of that sword uh is kind of sharp the fact that we can't watch the games unless you're a time Warner cable subscriber in which you are in the best case scenario because the station is awesome the content is awesome um the the pre and post game shows are great it's so I love that they're using James Worthy uh in such a huge way um in pre and post game halftime they have a great halftime show that they do uh, the great studio, it's—they're really doing it well. They're doing it right. I just wish more Laker fans would be able to see it. So, hopefully, that will fix itself. I—I uh, I honestly don't see it fixing itself before the beginning of the season. Just from a financial standpoint, if—if if Time one or if Directv was planning on picking up the station. Um, they might just think, well, we'll just we'll just pick it up when the regular season starts, and not worry about the preseason because if we do that, just waiting that extra month, I mean, they could save themselves themselves upwards of five hundred thousand dollars. I think it's so it's it's a big deal, you know. And that's that's not saying that they're gonna pick it up when the season starts either. We don't know that. That's not a that's not a given. Um, it it may this thing may drag out till next year. Uh, we don't know, and the thing that really sucks is that it's not like you can say, "Well, we'll just let's just all go to a sports bar and watch the Laker games." Most sports bars have Direct TV because of the NFL ticket, so most sports sports bars that you go to, they're not going to be able to play the Laker games either. So that, that uh, it's it's a unique situation uh, for non-Time Warner Cable subscriber Laker fans. Um and people are frustrated and I understand I'm frustrated myself. I have to jump through five six hoops to be able to watch watch Laker games. Um, so am I thinking about switching back over to Time Warner Cable even though I had it previously and I hated it and love Directv so much better ever since I got it. Uh, just so I can watch Laker. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about it. You you bet you better believe it. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, so, but anyway, this isn't a Time Winner cable podcast. So back to the Lakers. Um, it's interesting this little, uh, Dwight Howard Shaq feud that's going on. I don't know if it's really a feud. It's basically Shaq is, uh, criticizing Dwight Howard. He's, you know, saying Brooke Lopez is a better center and things like that. And it's, it kind of sucks. I mean, it sucks for Dwight Howard because I know his, he was, uh, trepidatious at best flat out didn't want to come at worst to the Lakers because of this he didn't want to be compared to Shaq he's been compared to Shaq his whole career he didn't want to go where Shaq was because he wanted to you know have his own his own legacy and his own career and he didn't have a choice and obviously he has embraced it completely since being traded to LA and I think that's a good thing and I think it's it's legit and it's uh it's truthful but it it must suck for him to actually come here and now just what he was feared now he's getting criticized, you know, by Shaq. But I think he's handling it really well. You know, he's he he's acknowledging, you know, that that's Shaq's job as a commentator. He's being paid to make opinions. But he did make a point is saying that when Shaq was a young a young center in the league, there were the old guys were criticizing him and he didn't really like it. He didn't like it that much. So It'd be nice if you could you know remember that and uh, think about that a little bit because it's true it just makes Shaq look bad it makes him look like a cranky old guy you know who's just trying to cut down the new talent and the Laker fans it, it puts him it puts him in a bad light again you know and we're gonna retire his number this year so come on dude Shaq chill out you know give the kid a break we're going to retire your number. You're going to be fine. It's going to be all about all Shaq love on April 2nd down at Staples Center when they retire your jersey. So don't make it weird, you know, because Dwight's going to be there. They're going to do it at a game. And so it's just it's just stupid to me, you know. Shut up and support for all the crap you've put, put the team through, you know, with, with well, let's not even. Let's not even go into it, <laughs> all the crap that Shaq has, has put us through. Um, actually, that might be a good segue to one of the other points I was going to make, uh, which is should – there's been some talk about whether Dwight Howard needs to stop clowning around so much and be more serious, you know, because he's in the, with the Lakers now, and we're about winning championships and he needs to be more serious and not be all playtime, fun, funny guy all the time, and uh, as if that means that he's not he's not serious about working hard. I I think what that comes from is that comes from a Laker fan base that is still kind of scarred by Shaq, because you know Shaq came here as the fun, funny guy and had a lot of fun with the media and was always having a good time and that turned very quickly into not working very hard and being out of shape and you know having toe surgery on company time waiting for training camp to start before he has a surgery and being out for half the season because he broke his foot on company time and all that stuff i think makes a certain contingency of the laker fan base connect having fun And being funny with the media with associating that with not working hard. And I don't think that's true at all. They're totally different guys, different people with completely different work ethics. One thing about Dwight Howard is he has always worked incredibly hard, he has always been in fantastic shape and worked incredibly hard on the court. There's never been an issue with him with effort you know or any any of that stuff that we that we dealt with with Shaq and then we dealt with with Andrew also you know and I think that's one of the reasons that it's not going to be an issue with Kobe I know there's a talk like well you know Kobe's going to you know take a take offense or or it's going to ruffle his feathers about how Dwight is kind of playing the Shaq as the funny media guy I don't think Kobe minds all that as long as Dwight is coming to play, as long as he's serious about working and working harder than he's ever worked before, and I think Dwight's ready to do that. And I think as long as he does, then there's no problems because Kobe never had a problem with Shaq being, you know, funny guy, unless you know, unless he's in a club rapping about, you know, Kobe, how does my ass taste? I mean, other than that, it was all about Shaq's work ethic, you know, his attitude, and his and how hard. He was working or not working. That that was the issue. So let's not forget that. So I, I don't see there being an issue, any kind of an issue between Dwight and Kobe. I mean, they seem to be getting along, getting along fam- famously, slash fabulously now. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an issue. Which brings me back to the question: Should Dwight have to change and get more serious? And uh, let's not forget Magic. You know. I think Dwight it has a lot more in common with Magic than he does with Shaq. Now, okay, relax. I'm not saying Dwight is like the, the same caliber player as Magic was. Completely different players, different positions, different everything. Except, same kind of personality slash temperament. Magic loved to have fun with the media. He loved to have a good time. He loved playing basketball. He loved playing for the Lakers he just loved every minute of it and had a great time doing it and that's what i see dwight doing but when magic is on the floor it is business and he will he wants to win and he will work he always work harder than everybody else i don't see any i haven't seen anything yet that tells me that dwight won't be the exact same way so that's how i see it to wrap this whole thing up and my original question is should dwight uh kind of changes attitude. I say no. Dwight needs to be Dwight. That's who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be some image of yourself that people think you should be. Be yourself. We brought you here for who you are, so be you, work hard and let's see what happens. So that's uh that's my take on that. Um so uh yeah i was gonna talk about the bench a little bit it's it's still so much of a work in progress that i mean they're still bringing in new guys they brought in some new guys last week i get to the game I'm like who is this aguilar guy what who's this and and cdr chris douglas roberts i was like who who is that who is number nine what's what's going on who are these guys you know so the cdr actually did a really great job with the game and uh I think stands a really good chance of making the team, um, but there's there's so much fluctuation right now, uh, player wise and minutes. You know who's there's at least five guys on the team right now who are not going to be there in three weeks. You know who, who's it going to be? Um, I don't know. You know it, it. Guys haven't really separated themselves yet. Um, that's the one thing I'm interested that's that's gonna happen within the next few preseason games is certain bench players will start to separate themselves from the other guys. Um and I think that's gonna that's gonna tell us a lot. You know, I still have faith in 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 Jody Meeks and in Antoine Jameson. Um Jordan Hill obviously is an asset, even though he uh just went out for ten day at minimum ten days for a herniated disc in his back. Uh, It was an early detection thing, so it doesn't require surgery, which is great because that's pretty much what Dwight had, but he had to have surgery. But Dwight didn't know that he had it until way later, which is why he had to have surgery. So The fact that we, uh, the the training staff found this uh, in Jordan so early um, is what's going to save him from having anywhere near the kind of recovery time that Dwight has had to have. So in 10 days from the detection which was I think 2 days ago as as I'm recording this uh they're going to reevaluate and see where we are with him. We may not see him for the rest of the preseason. Um I don't know, but again I say just take the time, let it let it heal properly and let's uh let's come back healthy. But I think Jordan Hill is an extreme asset to the team. Um and he's going to he's going to fill in great. So as far as the other guys, uh you know, goudlock i don't know darius morris i haven't really seen too much of them so far uh this in this young preseason uh the two guys we we got as the throw-ins from orlando with dwight uh duhan and clark i'm not sure about them either i mean you know everybody's kind of shown flashes flashes of of good stuff but it's it's too early to tell um you know, as camp goes on, the coaching staff is gonna make those decisions and we'll be able to see a little bit of it for amount that they play in the preseason games. So we'll just we'll just see how it goes. I'm gonna save the bench talk maybe for the for the next podcast after we've we've done the majority of the preseason games and uh we're getting ready for the season to start. So hopefully by then we will have a much better idea of uh of what that bench is gonna look like and if we're in trouble or not. So I'm gonna shelve that one for now, because I think that's that's the best thing that we can all do as uh, as fans. All right, cool, so let's get into the questions. Um, I got some good questions here. Let's see, the first one I got was from a frequent col- collaborator uh, to the podcast, Mr. Gabe, Gabe Dulick. Gabe's question is: Will which Laker will be most affected by the new flopping rule? So, okay, this is a, this is a great question. It, now, if you're not familiar uh, with this, the NBA has issued an, a new rule this year where they are going to actually try to do something about the rampant flopping going on in the game. Now, they're not going to start calling calling it differently, or actually, come to think of it, I don't know. Maybe they'll stop calling it, but they're going. It's going to be a kind of a retroactive thing where they're going to fine guys after the fact they're going to look at videotape of each game and if they see players flopping and they decide that it is a true flop they are going to start issuing fines for that so but i think it's good i think that it's gotten out of control and you know it's it's just a it's a skill now that people are using to try to you know get fouls called uh, against the other guy by trying to you know in influence the refs you know and it's become kind of part of the game which really should not be a part of the game you know it's the, i don't know my, that's that's my take is it shouldn't it shouldn't be part of the game and it's kind of become part of the game now because it kind of works sometimes and you can influence calls or things like that so um but to get back to Gabe's question, which player will be most affected by the new rule? Um, I honestly don't think it's going to affect us at all, if any. Now, if we still had uh, D Fish on the team, <laughs> it might be a different story. He, because, and no, no uh, nothing against D Fish. I love D Fish in every way. Amazing so sad to see him go right now he's actually not even picked up i don't think he's playing for anybody right now he hasn't been picked up um the thunder didn't pick him back up and uh nobody else has to my knowledge so uh hmm, that kind of sucks but uh yeah he was the only guy on the team who really who really did it but he was good at it you know he usually got calls but you know he had a reputation as a as a flopper So, but without without Derek, I don't. I really don't see. I don't see anybody really, um, you know, having that play into into effect. Um, Granted, I'm not saying nobody on the Lakers will ever flop this year and never get fined. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, I'm sure maybe somebody will. It's gonna be difficult. It's difficult at the best. Best case scenario, you never know who's going to get called for it. It's hard. It's hard to tell. It's a judgment call. You know, you think they're flopping and they're not. It's, I don't know. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But to, to answer Gabe's question, I don't think it's going to uh, affect the Lakers directly, or at least any more than than any other team. So that that is uh, that's my take on that. Um, awesome. Awesome. So, let's get to the next one. I have two other questions. Uh, This next question, this might be the first question from this listener. Uh, This is from Todd Robinson all the way back in Nashville, Tennessee. So, Todd, who is a longtime Laker fan, Todd asks, does the team's success ride on the health of Dwight Howard's back? excellent question my brother todd um i am going to okay okay all right here we go here's 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 my take obviously i say here's my take because this is everything this whole thing this is my opinion okay um but there you go so my take on this is no um i for and here's 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 why let me explain so one i think they're doing exactly the right thing in terms of dealing with Dwight Howard's back. I think it's going to be fine. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's going to be a non issue. Um, that being said, I think re- the thing of the two major trades that we did this year, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash, the one that's going to make the biggest difference in the team is Steve Nash, I believe. I think that's a much bigger deal when we got Steve Nash, I think that that changed everything. Dwight was the icing on the cake. he was the gravy on top of the turkey. It makes it so much better and tasty, and everybody wants some. but if it wasn't there, it would still be it would still fill you up. You know, I think we would still be okay without him without Dwight if we still were dealing with with Andrew but it just makes it so much better that we have Dwight, but the Steve Nash is the thing that's going to make this whole thing work or not work. So I would I would say, does the team's success ride on the health of Dwight Howard's back? Uh, no. I I am much more concerned with Steve Nash's back. Steve Nash has been dealing with back problems for the last five, six years. Steve Nash is... 38 years old, which, which is like 72 years old in basketball years, you know, um, that's older than D. Fish, folks, and he is regarded as a dinosaur around the league, okay, now obviously Steve Nash takes incredible care of his body, he's super smart, he knows what he can do, what he can't do, um, and that's why he's still playing at such an incredible high level at the age of 38 but he is 38 years old. Sometimes the older you get, no matter what you do, stuff still kind of happens and starts going wrong. So I I'm hoping that that doesn't come into play, but I wouldn't be that surprised if all of a sudden Steve Nash starts getting back spasms, he has to sit out a couple of games and and again, I, we have one of the best training staffs in the in the league. I believe we'll do everything that we could possibly do to avoid and or deal with it when and if it happens. But I think that's, uh, that's much more of an issue. Now, that being said, basically the two huge acquisitions that we got this summer uh, both have a history of back problems. <laughs> so I think uh, Todd's question, does the team's success ride on the health of Dwight Howard's back? No, I think the team's success completely rides on health. That, that is what I, what I think. That is what is going to make or break us this year. It's not chemistry. It's not chemistry between players. It's not going to be can Kobe and Nash coexist. It's not going to be can you know Dwight accept a, a more limited role in the offense or whatnot, whatever the perception is that he's going to have to do. It's, and it's not even going to be is the bench going to be able to step up as well as we need them to. It's not even going to be that. I think the one, by far, most important thing, factor with dealing with the Lakers' success or failure this year is health. If we can stay healthy, or at least relatively healthy, for the season, there is no reason we can't get number 17. Now, if we start losing guys... Uh, especially towards the second half of the season when things are really counting, this this could all blow up in our face. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of talk comparing this season or this team with the 2004-2005 team when we got Karl Malone and uh, Gary Payton and had this super team that everybody said was obviously going to win the championship and, you know, Shaq, Kobe, Karl Malone, Gary Payton, how can you not? Um, and that team was awesome. It was great. We had an incredible regular season, uh, stormed through the playoffs and then Carl hurt his knee. And when he went out, that kinda killed us. I think if Carl if Malone had been able to stay healthy, we we'd already have, we'd be looking at number eighteen right now. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But injuries are a part of the game, you know? If injuries weren't, we'd be we'd be over twenty right now. I mean, with, with Magic's knee in, in, what was it, in 91 when we lost to the Bulls? You know, uh, when Worthy got hurt in the finals? I mean, it's all injuries. It, it, that's it. It's a part of the game. It's, it's, it is what it is, you know? Um, so that's that's what I think. I think 100%, 95% of our success to failure is going to depend on health. And uh, I believe believe in the training staff. Like I said before, I think we're going to do everything possible to maintain people's health and to uh, keep guys healthy. But, you know, like I said, when you get older, stuff just starts to happen, which makes me kind of concerned about Steve Nash a little bit. Uh, Not so much Dwight Howard. He's a young guy. He's doing his rehab. He's doing it like he's supposed to do. There's there's really no reason he can't come back uh, as strong as ever. After this whole back thing, so I'm I'm not nearly as worried about Dwight's back as I am with something flaring up in Steve Nash's back, and considering he's the one that's going to run the whole offense and run the whole show, if he goes out, that's that's going to be much much worse in my mind than if something were to happen with with Dwight. So, so that's my take on that, Todd. Uh, the team success rides on. Health, health is the number one factor in my in my mind. If we're gonna go all the way, and if everybody stays healthy, I, I don't see anybody stopping us. Really, I just I just don't see it. I mean, I think uh, OKC is gonna give us a good run, and um, the Clippers are not bad this year. The Clippers are looking really good if they can stay healthy. Um, there's a there's a lot of talent out there. Obviously, Miami are the champs right now. I think they turned a big corner. This last season, I think LeBron turned a big corner in terms of his personal play and mindset and attitude. I think he turned a big corner, and he is scary now. Scary good. And Miami is going to be right there in in the hunt of it. There's a lot of of really good teams out there. So it's it's not going to be easy. I I kind of get a little bit annoyed when I hear the guy people talking about. Oh, how many games are the Lakers going to win? Are they going to beat the Bulls' record of seventy two wins in a season? And and you know and all all this stuff. And it's it's ridiculous to the point of irresponsible to start talking about that stuff now. I think or even making predictions on how many games we're going to win. You got to play the game. You have to get in there and play the games. You have to come in every night with energy. And that that has been a knock on the Lakers for years. And I'm hoping that the, the addition of these guys, Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, guys who have not won rings, that their attitudes and freshness and work ethic are going to spread through the entire team so that finally, finally, after so many years, we won't have the issue of the Lakers taking games off, of the Lakers playing down to their opponents and all that stuff that we've been dealing with that the fans have dealing with and it's been so infuriating. So hopefully that's not going to be an issue and we will all come together and work just as hard every single game as a group, as a team. That's that's what I want. You know, I'm not going to say I want to win so and so games. I want to end up in this position. I want to get second or first in the west. I want no, I want I want the guys to go out and play their hardest every night. I know it's a long season, it's a marathon, but there are teams out there that do it. You know, I have all the respect in the world for the Denver Nuggets. They're a good team with a good coach and those guys don't quit. Oklahoma City, same thing, they don't quit. You know, that's and that with the, te- uh, with the talent that they have, that's why they're so good. It's attitude is everything, you know? And that's what I want the Lakers to kind of establish this year for the first time in I don't know how long. So that's what would be nice for me as a fan. So, all right. Uh, last question uh, comes from Julio, Julio Diaz. Julio says, if we win, does Kobe stay or go? If we lose, does he go? And does Dwight stay? Okay, this is a fabulous question, and I, I have a take on this, okay? So here's, here's the thing, Julio. So, all right, Kobe is contracted for two more years, this year and next year, okay? That's what his contract is, is there for. I have no doubt in my mind he will play the last two years of his contract. This is not his last year. Next year is his last contract year. Now the question in my mind, and in a lot of Laker fan minds, fans' minds is, will Kobe play beyond next year? And that's a question, and that's what you're asking too. You know, is is, and here's here's my take. Before we get to the if Dwight is going to stay or, or go, let's deal with with Kobe first. Okay. I think. Uh, there is a very strong possibility that Kobe is done in two years. Kobe's going to play the last two years, and then he will walk away. I think he is ready mentally. He is preparing himself mentally to walk away in two years after next season. He's going to be ready to do that because Kobe is definitely aware of legacy he's definitely aware of history he is a huge uh fan of the game and of the history of the game he's very much aware of of legacy other people's and his own and he does not want to stay longer than he can perform at the highest level you know and it's not he he kind of mentioned this the other day too and it's not it's not really about performing at the highest level per se on the court it's it's about preparation because he knows and and people who are consistent winners are consistently successful they know that when you win is not on the court or in the competition or in the game or whatever it is that you're that you're doing winning and losing happens in the preparation kobe prepares as hard or harder than most people in the league. That's why he's so good. That's why he's had the success that he has. It's in his preparation and how he prepares in the offseason, during camp, during the season. He just outworks people. He works harder than most everybody else. And it's, that's all preparation. The confidence that he has doesn't come from just being an egomaniac. The confidence comes from doing the work. He has done the work. He knows he's worked harder than almost everybody else. That's why he has that confidence. And it's a lot of work. I mean, he's been doing it for 17 years now, you know? And I think that's the thing that's weighing on his mind. Do I really want to work this hard at preparing myself all year past two years from now. Because he's getting up there too. You know, the older you get, the harder it is to do. Just maintaining the same workout structure or the same diet and everything, it it becomes harder the older that you get. So I think that's what he's looking at. I think that's one reason why I think he's preparing himself mentally to be ready to walk away in two years. Now, that given said, or that given said, that being said, I think if the Lakers if we win the championship this year and then turn around and win again next year, then all bets are off. I think in that situation, I think Kobe just may come back for one more year to just go for that third three peat I, I think that that is a definite chance that that can happen. Um, now, if if the Lakers win this year and then lose next year, and I'm saying win and lose, win meaning win the championship, lose meaning don't win the championship. If the Lakers win the championship this year and then don't win the championship next year, I think Kobe walks away. He retires. If the Lakers lose this year, and lose next year, I think Kobe walks. He's he's okay with that. He walks away with his 5. If he wins this year and gets 6 and then wins next year cuz cuz he he says he wants 6. He's just saying he wants 6 championships. Kobe doesn't want 6. Let me let me tell you people. I'm going to tell you right now the truth. Kobe does not want 6 championships. Kobe wants 7. That's what he wants. Okay, but he's not going to say that before he has six, because then that'll be just construed as being completely egotistical and selfish. He wants to get six and then believe me, you, he wants number seven because MJ has six. That means Kobe wants seven. Okay, he's not going to catch Bill Russell, but he could catch MJ and he could catch Kareem. And that is huge to him. Don't think for a second that it's not. So, which gives me to the other possibility. If we don't win the championship this year and we do win the championship next year, his last year, I think there's a huge chance he comes back for one more year. Because then he would have gotten six, number six, his last year, being on a championship team that could possibly repeat, he will will go for seven, 100%. So basically what I'm saying is that if the Lakers win the championship, next year. Not this season, but next season. If the Lakers win the championship next season, I think there's a strong possibility Kobe plays one more year. But that's it. Tops. And if we don't win next year, even if we win this year, I think Kobe walks. So the only way Kobe plays past his contract, which is the next two years, is if the Lakers win the championship next year. If we win two years back-to-back he very well might come back if we just win next year he very well might come back barring that i think kobe walks the kobe era, era will be over in la and but i think most people have no idea how spoiled we have been the past 16 17 years with having kobe on the team it's it's uh i've been saying it's going to it's going to be ugly when kobe leaves but now he's, now we have Dwight who is, going, who is the heir apparent who Kobe has already anointed as the heir apparent uh, to the throne. And so that kind of changes things, you know? Um, if with Dwight on the team, we can obviously definitely rebuild around that, and he's going to be the man. So who knows? Maybe the Lakers might be able to continue success past the Kobe era, which I, I haven't seen as a possibility ever, before right now. So, there you go. We'll see. Which kind of leads me to the second part of Julio's question, which is, does Dwight stay? I think Dwight totally stays. I think the the history of the Lakers, the success that we're probably going to have uh, this year and next year, and then the possibility of being able to be the man in a Laker uniform in this city, uh, there's, I don't think there's any way... in. in Unless everything completely blows up, unless there is a huge a huge falling out at some point, you know, unless unless Kobe believes that Dwight was trying to flirt with Vanessa, then and then the and then their big tiff comes, then he might not stay. Then Dwight may may walk. But barring that because it happened with Carl Malone, because barring that, I think there's no way Dwight doesn't stay. So, there you go. That's the answer to answer the second part of your question, and that's that's my take on that. So, cool. Thank you, Julio. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Gabe. Awesome questions. Um, if uh, if you're listening, if you want to throw a question at, I will completely uh, talk about it, answer it on the on the next podcast. I'm going to be doing doing one probably in the next week or so after this. Want to get some more preseason games in, see how the team. Play, see how the bench does see how it kind of takes shape see if we, maybe we can get Dwight back and um, and then we'll do another show so uh, if the the best place if you want to ask ask a question or or leave a comment or come say hi whatever is to do it on the Facebook page ask like lance at Facebook you can also hit us up on Twitter ask like lance um, so either either place is cool come hit us up give me a, give me a question and uh, and I will answer it on the next podcast. So awesome, thank you so much for listening. It's gonna be so fun. I am super, super excited about this season. I cannot wait for this thing to get going. Thanks for listening, I will see you in a few. Go Lakers.